Welcome to the Word of Life Center podcast. It's our desire that today's message would equip and empower you to see the Word of God bring life to your life. I want to share a word with you today. Um, The good thing about having two services is um, you kind of find out how it goes over in the first service. (laughs) You know, uh, we didn't have to lock the doors. Don't panic. We don't lock the doors. I had a lady one time that the reason she wouldn't come to our church because she heard we locked the doors. So I went and got a key and gave it to her and I said, this key opens every door. Don't ever fret. You can come and get out anytime you want. Hallelujah. But I want to share with you a simple revelation that can change your life or more importantly, your lifestyle. And I want to tell you, I I feel very strongly that the Lord is speaking to me to communicate to you, but not just to you personally. Really, you do know that when you speak out a message by the Holy Spirit, it goes past your ears, goes out. Now, you say, I don't understand that. Well, don't worry about it. But it does. But if you'll hear me today, this is going to move you forward in your life. And I'm going to use a scripture actually out of a a chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I'm going to read to you first of all, Deuteronomy 6 verses 10, 11, and 12. So listen to what the Lord said to the children of Israel. And I want you to hear this. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, now listen to this, then beware lest you forget the Lord, now listen to this, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Now let me just stop right here and explain something to you, okay? I don't have time to to prove it to you, I'm just going to tell you. In the Bible, God uses Egypt as a type of the world for the Christian. So when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, it was a type of God delivering you out of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. I hope you get that revelation. That's not what I want to share, but you need to hear that. Okay? The Lord warned them, do not forget Who did this? Okay. But there's more to it than just that. Listen to what the Lord said beginning in verse 20. When your sons ask you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, the judgments, which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. 
The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes. Great and severe against Egypt, Pharaoh and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. Now, if you know the Bible, then you know that the children of Israel literally were delivered from Egypt and backslid and wandered in the wilderness. That was not God's plan for them to be in the wilderness. That was not God's plan. It was because of their forgetfulness. It was because they forgot what God did. In fact, it's so amazing to me that they got out in the wilderness and started whining and crying, I wish we were in Egypt. It wasn't really that bad. I mean, I know we had to make bricks without straw and we got beat every day and, and uh, we had, you know, our, our babies were killed. And, but it wasn't too bad. Remember, remember we had garlics, garlic and leeks. How would you like to have a bowl of soup with garlic and leeks? There's no way you can dress that up, folks. Okay. So they forgot what God did. They had it in their memory. They knew what happened, but they forgot the power of it. Okay, but now listen to me. Because God has an important message for you today, and that's not it. God, listen to this, wanted them to remember he brought them out of Egypt for a purpose. And the purpose was, listen to what it says in verse 23 again, he brought us out that he might bring us in. He brought us out of Egypt out of the world, delivered us from the world so he could bring us to another place. That's what God wanted to say to them. That's what the Lord wants to say to you today. He brought them out so he could bring them in. His sole purpose in delivering the children of of God from Egypt was to bring them into a better place he called it the promised land. Said, so, well, they entered into the promised land. No, they didn't. No, they never did. They entered into the land, but it didn't become the promised land because of their rebellion. But you better be glad they didn't enter into it because if they had, then you wouldn't be here today rejoicing that God is your God and Jesus is your Savior. It's because of their unbelief that you got saved. Okay. Please don't go there. I'll be in trouble. Okay. But here's what I want you to listen to today. Okay. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, God brought you out. Now, I don't know. Maybe he didn't. But I want to tell you something. When I got saved, God brought me out of the world. I mean, he brought me out. I mean, one day, 
I'm smoking marijuana, not do- <laughs> sorry to tell you that, and doing other stuff that I'm not going to tell you because you'd faint, <laughs> and turn me into a child of God. He brought me out of the world. Okay? Most of you have had that experience. But here's the problem. Most Christians don't ever think there's somewhere to go. They think, okay, I'm out. But the problem is if you're out, you're in the wilderness. Because you hadn't got where you need to be yet. God brought you out to bring you in. But most Christians don't live pursuing the promised land, the promises of God, what God wants for their lives. Instead, they're satisfied just being brought out. Well, I'm glad I'm not like everybody else. Well, the problem with that is that once you are brought out and you don't move into what God has for your life, you will find yourself going back. Because the wilderness is no fun. Now, it does have its bright spots. You know, there was a season where the children of Israel had quail on toast. Had water out of a rock. The Bible says the whole time they were in the wilderness, their shoes or their clothes never wore out. Now, ladies, you would not put up with that. You ain't wearing the same thing for 40 years. <laughs> but they did. But the problem with that is, is you get a wilderness mentality and you, you were literally one step away from going back to Egypt. They begged Moses, Why did you bring us out here? Would to God. It was easier in Egypt. Now I'm out in the wilderness. Now I got to believe God. Now I got to use my faith. Now I got to do things that I didn't have to do before. Yeah, but you're going to hell. Not only that, your life was full of darkness. Now listen to me today. Because I would say most of the body of Christ lives halfway in Egypt. Think about this for a minute. There were two tribes of the 12 tribes of Israel that, listen to this, Gad and Reuben, that actually said, you know, we like it better over here in the wilderness. We like it better on this side of the river. We like it out here better than we like it uh, over there. We, We think we'll just stay here. We're just real close. We're just right across the river from the promised land. We can see it. It's there. We, we know it's there and we can see it. And we, we've been delivered from Egypt. So we like it over here. You know, that's where most Christians live their lives. They don't live their lives pursuing the things of God. Don't get mad at me. I'm not talking about you. I'm sure. They live their lives being happy. To live on the edge. 
They could see, listen, Gad and Reuben could see the promised land. But they decided to stay on the, we like it over here. And that's really, I hate to say this, but, but it's true that that's really where a lot of Christians live their lives. They are satisfied just being brought out and they make do in the wilderness. That means they struggle. And they struggle with life, but they don't pursue God to find out how to overcome those struggles. They just manage their life waiting for the glory. Waiting till they go to heaven. Do you know that the promised land is not heaven? The promised land is the rest that God provides for the believer when they make Jesus the Lord of their lives. And if you're not living in that, if you're not pursuing that, if you're not pursuing what God has for your life, then you're going to struggle. Now listen to me. James said it this way. James chapter 1, verse 22. Listen to this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. All right, now listen. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Now, let me stop you right there, okay? Because that may, that may not sound, too, put that, keep that scripture up there for me, please. Listen to this, okay? A person looks into a mirror and they see their face. I don't like what I see naturally, but I'm stuck with it. But but spiritually, the mirror is the Word of God. And when you look into the Word of God, it reflects to you who you ought to be. In fact, the word there where it says natural face literally means the face of your birth or the way you were born to be. Okay? That's where God's bringing you to where you're born to be, how you're to live your life based on who you are as a child of God. But here's what happens. Listen to this. It says they see themselves in a mirror, but then something happens. They go away. One translation says they go their own way. And immediately they what? Forget. Listen to me, that's the body of Christ. That's a lot of people in the body of Christ. They have forgotten who they are. And they're wandering around in the wilderness or looping back around close to the world and staying as close as they can without actually knowing, thinking they're going to go to hell, making sure they're okay there, but, but living a miserable wilderness life because they're not willing to be who they're called to be and to live the life that God has destined for them to live, to be all they can be and to move into what they have for their lives. He did not bring you out so you can live a worldly, 
ungodly life and go to heaven. He brought you out to bring you in to another life, to another lifestyle, another way of living. But the problem is you go your own way and you forget. That's why the Lord told the children of Israel, you better keep reminding yourself of who you are and what I did for you. And don't forget it. And by the way, tell your children. Now, I know my children know my testimony because they've been in church their whole lives. But I can tell you right now, if they weren't, I'd still be telling them what God did for me. And I know you, most of you, if you've been in the church very long, you've heard it a hundred times. Well, just get used to it. Because I'm not going to forget and I'm not going to let you forget what God supernaturally did when he brought me out. But it wasn't enough. Because I had to be a doer of the word to fulfill what God wants to bring me into the place that he has for my life. Let me show you this in the New Testament. Colossians chapter 1. Listen to what it says. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. All right, now listen to this next verse. You ready? He has delivered us from the power of darkness. You ready? Delivered us from the power of darkness. You ready? And conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. You have been taken out of one kingdom And brought into another kingdom. Why would you want to waste your life playing around with the kingdom that you've been delivered from? People do it all the time. Let me give you an analogy. Now this is kind of out there, so just but but it'll help you understand it, okay? So you're a Christian. You go down to the casino. It's your time to roll the dice. <laughs> I asked Michael Tyler, do they really blow on them? And he said, oh, yeah. Yeah, they blow on them. Not only do they blow on them, after they blow on them, somebody else picks them up. <laughs> now, Lord... You know right now how much I need this money I could win. Your divine number is seven, and I just need one seven with these dice. Lord, do you know that people actually act that way? It may not be with a set of dice in their hand. I had a lady tell me, actually she told me more than once, I know the Lord's going to let me win the lottery. (laughs) 
People actually, listen to me, have gotten so used to the darkness they've been translated out of, they're willing to live in it and and enjoy it a little bit. Don't don't want to go all the way because, you know, then I might not make it, so... But it's okay to do this, and it's okay to do this. Pastor, just tell me it's okay. I ain't telling you nothing. That's why I don't tell you don't do this and don't do that, because if I miss what you're doing, you're going to think I'm saying it's okay. All you got to do is be a doer of the Word. It's real simple. I walked in Circle K one day, and there was a young lady in there and her her mother had been a member of our church from the beginning and she'd gone home to be with the Lord and I never hardly saw her at church ever after that. Grandmother. She's buying a lottery ticket. I, 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 what are you doing? Well, I'm just, I'm just gay. Man, I just hope the Lord's going to help me. I mean, really, literally telling me that. I'm looking at her like, are you kidding me? I said, don't waste your money on that, on that ticket. Don't do it. Well, she'd already bought it. And so I, I fussed at her about it. And then I, I walked out with my icing. And I'm walking out the door. And she said, do you have any numbers for me? I said, yes. Six, six. Six. But listen to me. There are people all over our communities that would tell you they love the Lord, but they're walking in darkness. And they're doing it on purpose. It's not like the devil snuck up on them and, and deceived them. That's a whole different ball game. They just said, you know what? The Lord loves me. He does. He doesn't love what you do. You ought to go do a study sometime in the New Testament on pleasing the Lord. Yeah, first time I did that, I wish I hadn't done it. But the point is this. Listen to me. The same way the children of Israel were not willing to enter into the promised land. God brought them out just like he brought you out of darkness, but he brought you out to bring you somewhere. Listen to what Paul said that Jesus told him, okay? Listen to this. He said, the Lord told me to open their eyes, Acts chapter 26, verse 18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, in order to turn them from darkness to light. When are we going to start looking at stuff and saying that's not right? Now, you can't go to somebody that's in the world that's not living for God and tell them something's not right. That's none of your business. But if they're a child of God, and especially if it's somebody you know, you have every right to look them in the eyeball and say, that's not right. But I'm not perfect either. Has nothing to do with perfection. It has to do with light and darkness. You don't have to preach to them. Listen, I've done that more than one time. 
And I'm, I'm not talking about just church members. I've been around Christians and they've done something. I said, that's terrible. That's bad. That's wrong. And they look at you like, wait a minute, I go to church. Good. But that's wrong. Listen to what it says. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. And here it is. This is what's scary. From the power of Satan to the power of God. From the power of Satan to the power of God. The devil has control over a lot of the body of Christ. Because they're walking in his kingdom. And they think it's okay. No, God delivered you out of darkness into the light. He delivered you out to bring you in. He didn't deliver you out so you could say, I'm out and do what you want to do. I did lock the doors on that last statement. (laughs) It says here that we have been transferred, translated From the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, to the kingdom of the Son of God. The word there literally means, in fact, Barclay translation says, he brought us over. Brought us over. Now see, immediately you start thinking perfection. Well, I've done things wrong. Nobody's perfect. Okay, Don't get, quit thinking perfection. Quit, quit thinking that and quit and just be a doer of the word. Do what you know to do is right. And quit trying to justify why you're not. Well, but, you know, I, yeah, I know, I, everybody can say that, including me. But it says that you have been brought out of one kingdom into another kingdom. So that other kingdom operates differently than the kingdom you were brought out of or there was no need to bring you out. It operates by a totally different set of values, a totally different set of rules. Oh, we don't like rules. Listen, you've got them in the kingdom of darkness whether you like it or not. Okay, But the kingdom of God has rules. But let me just explain it to you this way, okay? This is a simple way, okay? To understand, I've been brought out of the power of Satan into the power of God. Okay? That, that's what God has for me, all right? But li- listen to me a minute. Here's, here's a simple test of where you're walking. Are you walking in darkness? Are you walking in the wilderness? Are you walking in the kingdom of God? Because I can tell you right now, you can be in the kingdom of God one day and walking in darkness the next. I had a pastor friend, and this has been 35 years ago or so now, but he was pastoring a tough church, a church that was just beating him up. Just a, they just were mean. mean. You know there are mean people in church? Yeah. And... And uh, he called me one day, and he said, man, I need you to pray for me. I said, what's the matter? He said, I have never done this in my life, never drank in my life, but I got so frustrated uh, talking to the board the other night. 
He said, I drove through thrifty liquor and got me a pint of something and drank every bit of it. A pastor! <laughs> Listen to me. You have to be careful about how and where you're living your life. Now, here's how you can find out, okay? This is a simple test, okay? And I have a right to tell you, you, you should be testing yourself in this area. Go over to Galatians chapter 5 and read the fruit of the Spirit, okay? Just read it. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness. And tell me, are you walking in that? Do you have peace in your life? Because if you don't, you're either in the wilderness or you're in darkness. Because the kingdom produces Peace. Are you walking in love? <laughs> Not getting a whole lot of shouting amens here today. Are you walking in love? Well, see, you start off a sentence with that, and I know right off the bat, I know where you're going with that. It doesn't mean that there are times you don't walk in love. We've all done that. But listen to me. If you're walking in darkness or you're walking in the wilderness, you are not walking in love. You're not walking in peace. And oh, by the way, you don't have a lick of joy in your life. Because joy comes from the kingdom. It, the, the world can be happy. I can be happy. You can be happy. But I want to tell you something. Happiness is fleeting. It, it can go in a minute. But joy comes even in the midst of difficulties. James said, count it all joy when you fall into temptation. Huh? Where's your joy? See, if, if you're not operating in that, Something's not right. Doesn't mean you're going to walk in all of the fruit of the Spirit all the time and be perfect. But it does mean that you're moving in that direction. That that's, and if you don't have joy, you're after it. If you don't have peace, you're after it. If you hadn't been walking in love, you're after it in your life. Once you begin to realize and understand, I, I live different. This is not something that's, that's a simple matter of, well, I got saved, I'm going to heaven, and oh, by the way, I'm going to live just like I was living till I get there. You have left that kingdom. Elvis has left the building. Okay, You are out of that kingdom. You are no longer there. 
Now you're in a different kingdom functioning by different rules and you live a different life and everybody around you knows you're different. Not because you make an effort. It's just because your lifestyle is different. My grandfather impacted my life. Like I'm named after him. He was Sam Houston Taylor. So I'm Sam because of him. But he impacted my life when I was young. He was a Christian, a godly Christian man. I thought heaven was going to fall one time because I heard him say, damn. Literally, I said, I, oh, my Lord. And he never cursed. He loved God, served God, served in the church. And he was a fanatic about it. Now, this would shock you today. But back then, he would not shop at a store that opened on Sunday. He'd say, if I ain't honoring it, I am not. If I'm not going to honor the Sabbath, I ain't going. And he was sincere about it. Now, listen, the reason I'm telling you that was he lived a different life. He was a hunter, taught me how to hunt. He was a fisherman. He loved the outdoors, but, but he lived a different life. And the people that he worked with, they knew he was different. Just because he lived a different way. But we all should be doing that. It's not that you're pointing your finger at somebody and telling them you ought to do this and you ought to do that. But, but it ought to be, look, this is what God's showing me. This is how I'm supposed to live. And, and when you do that, you'd be amazed at how your life will change. And, and the, the problem is, most Christians are living wilderness lives. They live in the wilderness or they live in darkness. They get in trouble and they cry out to God. Now, the good news is we have a loving, merciful God who will lift you up out of the pit. But, but I can just tell you this. All you have to do is follow Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He forgave people's sins and says, don't do that anymore. Pretty simple. He delivers us so we can be free to live the life he created for us. And I want to challenge you today. Listen to me. You've got to make up your mind how you're going to live your life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter um, 4, Verse 1 and 2, that the children of Israel did not receive the promises of God in their lives. You know why? Verse 2 tells us why. They did not mix faith with the word preached. See, it's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's another to walk by faith, to believe God, to expect God, to see God work in your life. That's where we live our lives. That's how we live. But why? Why are you saying that? Because God brought us out of the power of Satan, out of the power of darkness, into the light so we could live a different life, live the life he had for us, and fulfill his will for our lives on this earth. That's how we live. He brought us out to bring us in, not to live in the wilderness. So I just want to challenge you today. If you are living a wilderness life, 
you're probably as miserable as you can get. I, I have never seen anybody as miserable as a backslidden Christian. A Christian who's decided I'm going to live this way even though I know better. It's a miserable way to live. I, I'm not experienced it because I've never done that, but I don't want to. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. But here's the challenge. And here's the good news. Wherever you are in your life today, right now, God loves you. He will forgive you. And he will show you where to go next. But I've done so many bad things. I'll quit crying in your beard. Just get over it. We've all done bad things. We've all done things that are not good. Listen, the good news is that we have a loving, forgiving God. And as long as you're breathing, you have opportunity to move forward with God. To move in, take that next step with God. To move forward with Him instead of going backward or living a life that is totally contrary to what He brought you out of and into. But it's your choice. It's your choice how you live that life. Thanks for listening to the Word of Life Center podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter or at our website, wordoflifecenter.org.